Welcome to Macintosh Mod Haven't Seen What, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today we have a very special episode. It is our 2021 Oscar nomination reaction episode. The 93rd Academy Awards. Yes, this is the... This is what ends our seasons, our, this season that's been going on forever and ever and ever. It's not our fault. Did we, oh man. <laughs> so, like, just a little background. Like, we usually take a break after the Oscars, but we didn't do that last year because we were trying to finish up Bond so that we could dovetail into Bond 25 and then take our hiatus. And then the world exploded. And then 2020 happened, and we're still going. Uh-huh. So yeah, so here we are in the Oscars that are going to be taking place on April 25th. So yeah, so it's Oscar nomination time. So we're going to talk about these nominations that came out today. We're uh, recording this March 15th. And yeah, we have some hot takes opinions here. Overall, I don't hate it. You know, we've seen a handful of these. Our two watch list is not like crazy extensive. Uh, I didn't think it would be a lot of expected names it's the most diverse acting nominations ever it's the most diverse directing category they've ever had which is also i mean which is just sad as fuck i mean this is the 93rd oscars and this is just sad <laughs> as fuck but you know yay for the people who got nominated i'm, I'm happy for them like truly i am i am and it feels like there is a definite theme to this oscars this this has very similar vibes to when we talked about 1967 a little bit it does. And that, movies tackling really difficult subjects. True. And I hope those are appropriately awarded. Yeah. So let's start with our best picture category. They could choose 10. They only chose eight. I believe next year is when they will be required to choose 10. Oh, okay. I believe that's when that rule officially goes into effect. So we have The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and the trial of the Chicago Seven. I don't have any surprises or really surprise snubs here. The only one that is slightly surprising to me is Sound of Metal, and just because that has been the that is the little indie that could film of the year. Very much so. I'm not surprised. It has been getting a lot of praise, but that is our indie film that could. Yep. So yay, cool. I, I like I like this group of movies. I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of what I would have filled it out with too. Seeing as you know, this we've we've got several films here we have not seen. Probably one night in Miami could have gone on this list. Uh, oh yeah, like I I wouldn't have been mad about that. It would have felt like it belonged there. And oh yeah, and then Ma Rainey would have belonged in there too. I would I wouldn't. I don't think it's the best. <laughs> yeah, picture. exactly. That's. I would not have been surprised if that had gone in there too. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't know. Like, we'll talk about with the writing, too, but a lot of these tie all together. Mm -hmm. Like, you see a lot of these same movies popping up all throughout the nominations. Well, and Mank got the most nominations of any film. I got 10. But of course, as we said in our review previously, when we watched that movie, that was the first film that we watched for the Oscar Beatty season. It's a film about Hollywood. Though, I will say it's an unusual story about Hollywood told in, a, in an unexpected way, at least from what I've seen. And it's a story that a lot of people don't know. Yeah. So I'll, I'll grant it that. But again, I don't think it's going to win shit. Uh, you, you probably aren't alone in that. 
I do think it's one of the most technically well-crafted films this year. I think its nominations make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say that. Its nominations make total sense. I think it's going to be like A Star is Born. All the praise is granted. You ain't win nothing. Sorry. Yeah, we'll just... I, I need to see some other movies, but I, I, I'm I'm That's... leaning to agree with you there. All right. Best Director, we have another round with Thomas Vinterberg, uh, Mank, David Fincher, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, and Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell. So Big news there. Two women. Two women, a woman of color. It's amazing. And Thomas Vinterberg sneaking in with a movie I've heard good things about. Yep. This is going to be actually one of the big foreign language contenders Mm -hmm. as opposed to being anything else. But uh, that's the one surprise in that category out of anything. The only thing I could think here is that there's room potentially for a Regina King or a Shaka King. Either one of those. It's Unless I see another round, I really can't judge. Here's the thing. We've only seen one of the films in the best director and it's David Fincher. And that film is meticulously directed it was well deserving of a nomination and we knew that going in and regina king did a a fabulous job with her adaptation and i thought it was fabulous and i thought her nomination with the golden globes made sense here without having seeing the other ones i can't speak to her i can't call it a snub yeah i can't with the other ones i'm not going to call it a snub because she's definitely being recognized and she's definitely being talked about. It's just one of those like, oof, oof. I wish this could have been your year, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know that. I can't I can't call it a snub. And with Judas and the Black Messiah, it really is the performances that really sell that movie more than the directing. Not that the okay. directing's bad, but it doesn't stand out like a lot of what people have talked about with these other directors. Agreed. Living in Best Adapted Screenplay, we have Borat's subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and White Tiger. I get why Borat is on here. I People might roll their eyes, but Borat was such a cultural force and somehow made an even bigger impact than the first one <sighs> because he legitimately got politicians in sure involved it um, became a like national headline story i mean we'll we'll download the list of films that we have to watch at the end of this but i'm gonna say borat is on our list of films to watch it's not at the top of the list but it is on the list because there is some relevance here and it's not in like you know sound like <laughs> right? it's it's <laughs> It's not just technical awards. It's got some some meat behind it. So we, we're, we're going to end up watching it. It's one of those weird movies that happen every once in a while where it's like, it was such a cultural big thing mm-hmm. for this year. Yeah. And with what it did, the writing does deserve that recognition. Sure. Best original screenplay. This one's going to be fucking hard. <laughs> this one's going to be our hardest fucking category. I can just tell... Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Woo! We've only seen two of these, and I'm already going like, I don't fucking know, man. We've seen two of those, the two uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Trial of Chicago 7, 100% earned their spots there, no qualms. And then the other three, I'm just like, yeah, makes total sense. I'm here for it. And I'm very nervous about my 1A, 1B scoring problem. That's just where we're going to be. Both of these screenplay categories are very good. They really are. I, again, and we, we, again, we have the same problem with the adapted screenplay problem. We've only seen one. 
But Good again, year for writing. Good, but again, the list makes sense. Best actor category: Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal; Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom; Anthony Hopkins, The Father; Gary Oldman, Mank; Stephen Yun, Minari. Fuck yes, I love Stephen Yun so much. I have loved him since day one of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Fucking love him. And he's had so much acclaim for this role. So much acclaim. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, Gar- would, it would have been burn the fucking house down if he didn't get nominated here. My only qualm here is that Chadwick Boseman should be in Best Supporting Actor. And, <sighs> and he is not a lead, he is not the lead actor for that film because there is no lead actor in that film. There's an actress. There's no lead actor. That's fair. And... Lakeith Stanfield should be in this category instead of supporting actor. Because in supporting actor, we have Sasha Baron Conan for the trial of Chicago 7. He is the standout. Well, he's not the only standout, but he's he's the guy. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, then we have Daniel Kailua for Judas and the Black Messiah. Hells yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Ritchie? I'm unsure. Paul Ritchie for Sound of Metal and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Lakeith is the lead actor of that film. He should be in the best actor category. He, he should. Flip that's, those two, please. That's where he should be. It's Here's the thing. Daniel Kailua, this category, it's a 1A, 1B situation between Daniel Kailua and Leslie Odom Jr. And it's Daniel is 1A, Leslie is 1B. That's what it is for me. Yeah. In a perfect world, I almost would have put Mark Rylance here instead Agreed. of Sasha Baron Cohen. Agreed. But Sasha's, Sasha's doing such a good job of Abby Hoffman. And Abby's been portrayed before. Vincent sure. D'Onofrio did it with Steal This Movie. But he's giving a lot more weight and gravitas to Abby Hoffman than I think has been given in movies. I like Mark Rylance in that movie so much. And he has a really hard role. And yeah. he has a he I think he has a more prominent role. This is like featured actor <laughs> category. It's hard. It's yeah. a featured actor category to a degree. And I will say that. That's Sasha Baron Cohen's Abby Hoffman. Uh, next, we have Best Actress, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Uh, it's Frances or Carrie. Viola's, really? Yeah. Viola's not going to win. Sorry. You did what you do. You're good. <laughs> but that's what you do. Like, you did not do anything. You didn't do anything special. In that movie. She's fabulous, but... mm. People have said great things about Vanessa Kirby. I'm going to have a hard time watching that movie because she is opposite Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I don't know anything about the movie, um, but we're going to watch it because we're going to... Because we are. Well, again, we'll watch. We'll download the list of what we've got at the end. Andrew Day, she won the Golden Globe. That's awesome. But I feel like Frances is either going to Meryl here and she's going to get that third performance Oscar... Or it's going to be all about Carrie. Yeah, and the thing I the thing I wonder about Francis is is it more the movie than her? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I. But here's where that's where I think Carrie's the flip. Where I think where what the movie is about, they want to reward, and they're not going to reward the movie. They're going to reward the actress instead. Yeah, I feel like that's how that's going to work out. And the only flip side is Francis is one of the producers on Nomadland. So well, she's getting an Oscar anyways, but it doesn't count when it's not for performance. Like, okay, I think I've said this before during our Oscar conversation. It's a really inappropriate to call Matt Damon and Ben Affleck Oscar award winning actors <laughs> when you're talking about them as performers. You can call them Oscar award winners. 
They are. That is true. Yes. They are. And Ben Affleck has won Oscars as a producer of films. They have also, I believe both of them have also been nominated as performers. But. They are not Oscar winning performers. No. That is where I get annoyed. I was like, no, 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 no. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that works. Best Supporting Actress. Maria Bakalova, Borat's subsequent movie film, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and Yu Jung Yoon in Minari. Okay. How did how did Hillbilly Elegy make fucking anything it's, here? It's a fucking makeup. What's the makeup more than anything else? Which and, you- and Glenn Close, because Glenn Close is fucking amazing. Well, and Amy Adams is also amazing, and she's in it. Okay, so whatever. <sighs> anyway, so uh, this is part of the reason why we're going to see Borat. Uh, we're going to end up seeing Hillbilly. Olivia Coleman, I'm here for her any day all the week. I love her. She's going to be a very quiet, sad movie. Okay, well, I love her, so I don't care. <laughs> I, I said it when we watched the film. Amanda Seyfried's getting nominated for this because she's pretty. <laughs> You're not wrong. I 100% said it. She's fucking pretty. They're going to nominate her. And she's not the best supporting actress in the movie. She's not. It should have been Lily Collins. Yes. She's the If you don't realize... She's the girl who stars in Emily and Perry on Netflix, which is a stupid show, but is entertaining. So go watch it. But she's fucking great. She's fabulous. Opposite Gary Oldman. She's fabulous. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about Young Jung Yoon, so I. Well, I, we'll I, get there. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things. I'm excited to see their performance. I do enjoy the nomination for Bakalova here, though, because it, everything everybody talked about this movie was her and like. The fact that she almost had to go to further lengths than Sasha did. I have no inclination on the Best Supporting Actress, so it'll be really fun to watch these because other than Mank, we've seen none of these, so I have no clue. Yeah. So that's fun. Best Animated Feature, Onward, Over the Moon, The Shaun of the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. I mean, we haven't seen Soul. Like, we've seen the first 20 minutes of Soul. Because <laughs> our kids keep bailing on our it. Our kids don't care. We saw Onward was actually the last film we saw in theaters before the pandemic. Onward is so good. Onward is, they pull a switch on you that I was not expecting, but it's so sweet. And I loved it. Ugh, I could cry just thinking about it because it's just, it hits that, it just pulls that switch on you in a really good way. So I loved it. So I feel like it's going to be Onward or Soul. Done. I don't care to see any of those movies. Best Cinematography, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and Trial of Chicago 7. Mank's the front runner here right now for me. Agreed. It's such, the majority of the movie is cinematography. And I mean, it's very beautiful. Yeah. But I'll save it for a little bit to see Nomadland for sure. Yeah. Best costume design, Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. Emma. Oh, give it to Emma. It's so pretty. Emma. Emma all damn day. Uh, we're going to skip documentary feature short. We just don't have time. Like, we just don't care. And then film editing and international feature. We're just, we'll get to it later. <laughs> we- uh, since we did costume, we have to talk about makeup, Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. And Pinocchio is a little weird. Pinocchio is actually the Roberto Benigni film. Yeah. Yeah. That he, It's a new one they did. 
Yeah, he's done two. He did one where he was Pinocchio, and now he did another one where he's Geppetto. Geppetto. Uh-huh. And so if you go on IMDb, it says 2019, <laughs> but it wasn't actually, like, because of rules and how it was released, it counts. Anyway. So I was trying to figure out, because I was very confused. I was like, okay, Pinocchio, I know there are another one that Guillermo del Toro is going, and it's so like, okay, there's like, there's like two different Pinocchio productions happening right now, plus this. So I'm like, Okay. Um, right now, I'd still, I mean, it's either Emma or Hillbillyology. Oh, Ma Rainey. Ma Rainey's in the running there. Are you fucking kidding me? Hell no. That was a big deal for that movie. I don't care. <laughs> no. Please don't give Hillbilly Elegy fucking um, anything. Original score and song will get their own episode from us, which we've done before and have had a lot of fun with. Uh-huh. Best production design, The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mank, News of the World in Tenant. Mank. My inclination is to go to Mank. I'm curious about Tenant. We haven't seen it, and I'm curious to rent it because I do like Christopher Nolan stuff. So, Oh, I've heard so many bad things. Okay, well, part of me, I still love, love Inception. So. Oh, yeah. From what I can tell, Tenet is, imagine Inception, but none of it makes any fucking sense. Like, ever. And eventually, you're scratching your head. <laughs> so you made a film about 2020. <laughs> Best sound, Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. I'm just going to go and say it's probably going to be Sound of Metal. Mm, I don't know, Mank. Mank is cool. We talked about this. There were some things that they could have done differently, but it was it was very gimmicky with their sound. I really liked it, but... My guess right now is Sound of Metal, because the sound is the most important fucking thing with that movie. You're not wrong. So that's going to be my guess. <laughs> Uh, and best visual effects, love and monsters, the midnight sky, Mulan, the one and only Ivan, and Tenant. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> uh, Tenant, probably. <laughs> uh, I don't care. <sighs> I don't like that's talk that. about a weird year for like the big budget movies with visual effects and shit. Where like, it's like I don't fucking care. What? <laughs> who? Who? Like just uh, who fucks? One of the great things about 2020 was it is a year that we could make more of these smaller, sure, dramatic style stories. But that also means that we had very, very few of the blockbusters. So we've got like fucking nothing to talk about there. <laughs> Well, what's kind of cool is like there's less obvious in the technical, which is kind of cool. It'll give a chance for some other stuff to shine through. And, sure. You know, the, the cool thing is we might see some of those visual effects when we watch the ceremony and go, oh, we want to see that. Sure. That looks cool. Yeah. No, I'm here for that. Yeah. So um, just to kind of wrap up the films that we are still pending as of today that we need to see, um, and I put them in for best picture in order to make sure we've seen all the best picture nominees, which is where the majority of the film, the nominees come from. We yeah. have to see The Father, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and Sound of Metal. Oh, man. We're talking, go, go one by one here. The Father. Alzheimer's. Minari. Asian American Life and Struggle. Nomadland. End of America and the American Dream. Promising young woman. <laughs> uh, Rape, and it sucks to be a woman in general. Yeah. Sound of metal. Disability. Deafness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Tough fucking shit. Yeah. And we've already talked about four movies with some other deep, dark subjects. Yeah, and all of those are, are available on some platform. The Father is currently not available on any streaming platform to rent or buy. Wow. I assume 
that's going to change in the next week or two. They'll probably figure out some way for you to rent it for sure. Yeah. Sound of Metal is an Amazon production. Yep. Mm-hmm. Minari, you can rent it on Prime. Nomadland is a Hulu. Uh, next, in order to hit all the best actresses, films, and also our best director, we've got to see The United States versus Billie Holiday, Hulu. Oh. Pieces of a Woman, Netflix, and Another Round, which is on Hulu. And then to make sure we get all of the supporting actresses, as well as the adapted screenplay films, we're going to see Borat's subsequent movie film, which is streaming on Prime. And then Hillbilly Elegy, which is on Netflix, and The White Tiger, which is also streaming on Netflix. Hey! So that is 11 movies. You know what? That's not terrible. It's 11 movies. We've had years where it was like 20. Well, that's 11 movies to get us all of the major categories. If we watched four more, we will see, have seen everything except for the shorts and internationals. That's this was a year where a lot, a lot of movies came through mm-hmm. in in good achievement everywhere. There's that, but also not as many movies came out. That too. A lot of people keep saying, "Well, this year's going to be interesting." It's like no, because a lot of people just pulled their movies and are waiting to release them in 2021. Yeah. What's going to be interesting is this year. Because we've officially adopted streaming brand new films at home. This is now our life. This is what we're doing here. Yes, movie theaters will open. When they open safely, we will return to the movie theater to see films in person. But we're going to be more choosy about which films we see in person. Which films do I want that experience? And which films am I fine sitting on my couch, drinking my coffee? seeing at home because it's just more convenient for me look i'll tell you the trial of chicago 7 not a movie i need to see on a big screen no but let me tell you i'm seeing fucking james bond on the biggest fucking screen i can see yeah because i goddamn want to (laughs) i fucking want to did you ever think you would get that from me that i would be so damn excited to see james bond on a big screen no because it's daniel daniel craig i knew you would but still, but that would be this excited about a DB5 <laughs> nah, and nah. James Bond. Uh, I would have guessed it. This uh, is so sad. <laughs> but like looking at looking at just the best pictures, mm-hmm. the only movie that I'm like, yeah, I would like to see that on a big screen is Mank. Mank would be really fun to watch on a big screen oh, to for see the, proje- the detail. For the projection experience. Sure. Oh, yeah. But everything else, I'm like, eh, eh, hmm. I could take or leave it, man. I do miss our Alamo Drafthouse experience. Oh, of course. Which a lot of these films are small movies, and they're the type of movies that we would have seen at some special showing at the Alamo Drafthouse, which is one of the things that makes this list of films great. And that's the only part that makes me sad. It's like, these are the films we would have been so excited that we got to see before it left the Alamo in that, that one weekend in October where we got it before it left. And we were like, oh, yeah, it made it. It's so cool. I will say, I am glad we got to see Emma in a movie theater before everything shut down. We did see that. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, I think we saw that in like January-ish. Yeah, it was so pretty. I was like, you know what? This is worth it. I remember watching that and you're like, I'm confused. And I just said, clueless. And you're like, ah, yes, I get it now. (laughs) 20 minutes in, I was like, oh. And then every part of the plot, I was like, right along with it now. I'm good. You got this. I understand things now. Because their names, they, they it moved really fast and their names are confusing. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy was such a delight in that film. She's, so is Bill Nye. Oh, just the whole movie was enjoyable. Really great. We miss the movies. We, we do. do. 
We do. And we will go back. But we're also, I mean, I enjoy my couch. This is easy. (laughs) I like the movies coming to me too. You're not wrong in that. It, it, It now makes for a much more like, if we're going to the movies, we're going to the movies for something that we want to see on a big screen. Well, it's more about the experience. Exactly. Um, are we going, are we taking our kids to go see something fun? Are we going to see something? Because we want that group experience. It was, uh, I was talking to David's mom about it, about missing the theater. And we were watching, I think we were watching some Marvel film. And I did talk about and seeing Avengers Endgame and how that was so much fun to see in the theater. Because we saw it opening weekend. I think it was the Saturday after it came out. And everyone there was just so excited. We were cheering and yelling and it was just like respectful yelling, but it was just like, yeah, and this and that. And it was just like, yeah, that's the fun thing. Like that's the, like those are the films I want to go see in the theater. For me, the last one is Halloween from 2018. And just now going like, can't wait for Halloween kills. I know it's going to take a little while for us to finally get there, but man, Halloween kills. I'm so excited. No, I think that's coming out this year. It's October. It's, it's supposed to, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait oh, and see if, if stuff gets delayed at all. But oh, I, I'll, yeah, I'll go. I'll wear a mask in the movie theater for that one. <laughs> I'll do it. We will We will have masks and we will be fully vaccinated if we, we go to we the theater. Be, we, will, we will follow whatever the movie theater protocols are because we will go. Yes. And we will tip our server as well. And yeah. we will not be Tom Cruise about it. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah I, I like the fact that we've got there's a there's just a nice solid core of movies there and it's not too hard to get through them all. I'm really no. excited for these. Yeah. No. I think it's gonna be a really good year, all told. <laughs> despite all of the bullshit. Well, we say that. Let's just see who walks home with the trophies. Until next time. Bye everybody. <laughs>